Welcome to our open house. Instead of examining hardwood floors, closet space, and kitchen layouts, we're taking you on a tour of what's happening across today's mortgage industry. During each episode, we'll hear from industry leaders and subject matter experts to give us an inside look into a hot topic, cutting edge technology, or new trend that can help accelerate your digital journey. Thank you for joining us. Come on in. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Ice Mortgage Technology Open House Podcast. My name is Aaron Dormio, Senior Product Marketing Manager here at Ice Mortgage Technology, and I am super excited to be talking about a topic that, I mean, really seemingly on everyone's minds in the mortgage industry today. As most of you know, rates have gone up and new home purchases and refis are down quite a bit since Q4 of last year of 2021. On the flip side, however, equity has drastically increased and what borrowers are demanding now are opportunities to tap into their available home equity. My guest knows a thing or two about these changes in the market today and has some thoughts to share. I'm joined by Margie Ambrosio, Senior Vice President of Information Systems at George Mason Mortgage. Margie has dedicated her entire career to solving for customer demands in the mortgage industry, and her background provides a unique perspective on what lenders could be doing now to meet this new demand. So with that, sit back, get a fresh cup of coffee, and enjoy the conversation. Hey, Margie, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? Thanks for having me. Good, good. Excited to talk about such an important topic for everything going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to take a quick moment and really thank you for joining us at Experience. Your, your participation as, as, a, um, as a thought leader in the industry, particularly within our Building a Culture of Automation session was fantastic. And I really just wanted to thank you for, um, for being such an incredible voice. I know that not only your team at George Mason Mortgage, but also you know everyone, all of our colleagues in the audience, they got a lot out of that. I thought it was a very, very powerful session and you were a very powerful speaker during that. And I wanted to thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. Experience is always fun. I and mean, when you get to be a part of such a panel, it's certainly an experience, pun intended. Right. <laughs> Fast forwarding into now, right? So the industry, there's various different things within automation that are pushing lenders to making decisions. And now we're seeing um, the uh, the industry move into, uh, it's still a very strong purchase market, as Bob said at the keynote with Parvesh at Experience. That being said, there's a lot of equity out there in the marketplace. But before we talk about that, I wanted to kind of delve into your background. You have a very interesting background. You've been very thoughtful in how you and your teams solve for customer demands and customer issues. I wanted to maybe have you, if you're okay with that, talk about maybe kick things off with how you've worked throughout your career in solving for customer, customer needs and demands. I started my career as a processor, very one-on-one -on -one with the customer, with what the customer was experiencing and how the system, how your LOS truly influences your customer's experience. You might not think that that's happening. You're thinking the LO is the, the driver of that, but how your LOS functions and flows drives your customer's experience as much as your employees because it's maybe demanding more of the customer than you need to, or it's, it's disjointed and you're asking the customer for things at the wrong point. So I've kind of taken my career and used that as my focus still now of how are you using your LOS and all information systems to ease the loan process through? What works for the customer when the customer knows it's working for them and what's working for the customer 
when the customer has no clue what's going on behind the scenes. Borrower doesn't have any clue about a flood cert, right? Unless they need to know and, and then they don't want to. But there's no reason for the processor's focus to be there when it doesn't need to be. So stuff like that, that as your system's going through, your LOS is driving your customer's experience. And I've taken that to grow, you know, as my career has grown, it's not just your LOS driving your customer's experience, it's your processors, your loan officers, your post-close, and how your system flows through the life of the loan and generate the life of the loan. That's a wonderful point. And I and I think you make a good distinction there when talking about the life of the loan. A lot of borrowers now are choosing a lender that provides them that world-class experience, right? Throughout the life of the loan, as you said. You know, now that we're seeing still, you know, rates are, are, are increasing and um, new home purchases are down, but we are still in the fourth or the maybe, I think it's the fifth largest purchase market in history. And with, you know, with that being said, there's a huge opportunity for all lenders to be really creative. Not all lenders are interested in, in manufacturing home equity, particularly HELOCs. There's, there's a, there is a subset of lenders that are doing that, particularly larger institutions. There's definitely ways that lenders can be creative in really helping borrowers tap into this increased equity. I was hoping maybe we can get, maybe you can provide some insight into, you know, what are some of the ways that lenders can be can be creative and to your point through home equity lending, help borrowers through that life of the loan. I got to say, HELOCs have always historically, at least in my mind, been a bank thing. You, you need a HELOC, you go to your bank. They're not anymore. There are outlets for, you know, IMBs to do HELOCs or, you know, obviously banks can still do them. They're easy, especially in a market like today where you had such a boom the last two years, the rates were so low. People were just happy to get into homes, right? Maybe you bought the house that needed that bathroom because you were able to get into that house. You know, your bid finally, you finally got a bid that was accepted, right? And so you, you kind of have a few things that you were going to live with. Well, you're done just living with it and now it's the time to fix it. You'd be silly to reset your rate on a 30 year. Now's the time. You got to have these options available for your borrowers. And when you're on Encompass, it's a plug and play. Your biggest hurdle is getting your investor. Once you have an investor and it's the knowledge for the employees, you know, we've been doing home equity. We did them through the boom as well. It's the difference of the type of loan. That's really how you have to, I would say your biggest hurdle are going to be education, teaching sales, how to sell it, teaching them what it is. Majority of sales nowadays haven't worked in a market where they needed to know what home equity was. So so teaching them that and then getting an investor. Those those are your biggest hurdles. So why wouldn't you do it? You you know, there's the refi, there's you know, you're always going to seek out those products that bring in loans when there seemingly aren't loans and the, this is the type of product that's going to do that. It, it's interesting <laughs> that you you reference borrowers they may have made a big purchase back in either 2020 or 2021. They found <laughs> they were happy to get into a home, maybe it was a larger home, but there, there was a few things that they're able to live with. And now they're looking at these things that they've been living with for the past two years. I laugh because I'm I'm living this right now. <laughs> <laughs> we should have gotten that home that had the finished basement. Now we have to finish this basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we are going through that literally right now. I think the hardest part for us is finding those contractors that aren't looking to, shall I say, take all of our money, right? <laughs> Make you rebuy the house. I mean, yeah. you try to add a bedroom, you're going to pay for the house again. 
That's right. That's absolutely right. And looking at the grand scheme of things for, for lenders, they have to be able to educate their sales teams on how to sell home equity. I remember you you also made a made a mention offline of these lenders need to start marketing to their to their borrowers, to their customers, right? I was hoping I was hoping maybe you could talk more about that as well. You're not the only one who's regretting the basement or the bathroom or, you know, and I think the communication and it's not even I, I'd go as far as to say it's it's not marketing, it's communication. You don't have to live with it. There are options. I know everyone was going a mile a minute during those booms, but you'd hope that your sales had enough of a relationship with that client that when they reach out, and even if it is a canned marketing message of like, you know, feel happy with that purchase, you know, you know, need, need repairs yet, that it has that more personalized feel just because of that relationship. And that's how you're going to get those loans in through that marketing, through that communication to your borrower of, hey, we're still here. You don't have to do your parents' 30-year fixed refi to get that equity out. There's options. You can right. keep your historically low rate and get your bathroom and get your, you know, your basement. There are options. And the only way they're going to know that is through marketing. Because if you're not marketing it, their local bank, their local credit union, that's where that loan's going to go. What are some of the communication channels that you've seen that are most effective for lenders to communicate to, uh, to their customers, to their borrowers? Um, where there's always the traditional, you know, journey emails, you'd say, to market those. Um, I think a really good way for something like this is a social media marketing. If you're a homeowner, I'm sure someone, either you or your wife, has gone on maybe to Facebook to look for a review for a contractor. If you're looking on Facebook or, you know, Instagram or one of those social medias for your contractor, why not find your financing options there too? So I think definitely socials is a big one for this. I think the good old fashioned phone, and I know people are probably going to yell at me for this one, how archaic. Listen, we're in that time where what makes you different matters. And could you imagine going retro and actually calling someone and, you know, obviously leaving a message because no one's going to pick up, but saying, you know, hey, just looking at your file, you've been in there for a few years, you know, how, how are things going with the house? If you're thinking of refinancing, thinking of, you know, please call me before you refi. It's, you know, it might not be the best option for you. That we got so many that. phone calls. Oh my goodness. Now that you say that, I'm, I was, I'm, I'm thinking about the process that we went through. We must've had like a, at least a half a dozen lenders. Three of those six didn't even, we didn't even apply through them. They just found our information because everyone shares information. Not to scare off right. our, our listeners here to take out any, you know, <laughs> op, you know, uh, complete an application, but um it, it, it happens. And there are lenders that do take that more traditional route of reaching uh, borrowers. Please go ahead. I mm-hmm. want to interject. Yeah, there with no, that. No, no. And it's, but it's true. There's, it, if it's a name and a number and a voice that you remember that for some of these people, you know, help them get into a home that they had probably been searching for for months, possibly a year or more. I, there's that connection that I think matters. I think that that's your best marketing. Yeah, I agree. That or get getting good with the builder who's going to request you as soon as the person comes to you and, you know, their estimate is through the roof and they know that their people need financing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, the preferred the preferred lender, right? As as the uh, the builder right, say. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. What what would you say is maybe perhaps the hesitation for some lenders to not take advantage of this opportunity that we're in the market conditions that we're in right now? I think it's two things. I think one is the stigma. HELOCs are scary if you don't know them, mm-hmm. which is so ironic because HELOCs are so easy. They're plug and play. They're, if you can do a full 30-year fixed loan, you can do a HELOC. You have to unlearn some stuff more than learn things. But I think it's for sure it's the fear of the unknown. It's never really been a territory 
for anyone to dive into outside of your local banks or your credit unions. It's not something that people normally touch. I think the industry has just been in a state where we haven't necessarily needed them recently. Perhaps the the panic after the fallout of 20, you know, 2008 has made people shy away from a loan like a HELOC, but they're not scary. There are places to sell them. There are places to do them. And I, I really think it's the unknown. They don't know what they don't know. You're behind the eight ball if you're not doing it. Don't reset your borrower's rate just because that's what you feel more comfortable with. Like, you know, give them the options that's best for them. I like how you, you know, you kind of you know, made the distinction of, you know, HELOCs might be a bit more risky, right? Just because of the terms. Overall, home equity lending, um, maybe you can help to um, guide our, our listeners on what the differences are between, um, you know, a HELOC and a HE loan. Like you said, sometimes the sales teams that are selling these products, um, they need to be educated on, on those differences, you know, variable versus mm-hmm. fixed, revolving versus not revolving, just a, a flat out loan. Um, maybe you could take right. a, a little bit, maybe a couple of minutes and a couple of minutes and help our audience learn what those distinctions are. So you're going to have a he loan is more of your traditional loan on your equity, right? Mm-hmm. Your HELOC, you're going to have more of like a, and this is not a bank term, so, you know, don't use this, but it's more of like a checking account on your house. You're going to write a check based on your equity. With most HELOCs, you pay far more interest than you will principal for the life of the loan. With HE loans, you'll be paying more principal and interest. So I think a lot of people feel more comfortable when it comes to a HE loan. Our ancestry through the industry has taught us that maybe, you know, IO isn't always the best to go. So a lot of people feel more comfortable with the HE loans, which is understandable. You're going to find more options that are variable through your HELOC versus your HE loan. You'll have more of a fixed rate option. Again, you're, you know, there's principal and interest on those payments and it's a fixed. And there's different kinds of HELOCs too. You can have a HELOC and just have this open-ended checking account that you have these checks to for your, your home equity, right? That you never write a check. It's just always sitting out there and you know, it, it's almost like your rainy day fund. If something happens, you know, you can tap into that. And it's open and ready for you. Now, there's other HELOCs where you take what's called a draw at the table. So when you sign, you say, I'm going to have an open-ended line of $100,000, but I'm going to take $25,000 of that at the closing. And you still have that seventy-five that you can play with and that you can leave and never touch. You can leave it until the boiler goes or you can, you know, and then tap into it or you can just leave it. So when it comes to your equity, it's yours, right? You can have a loan where it's, solid and you know it, you're paying it, it's done. Or you can have it where it's almost like an overdraft fund or a rainy day fund and you tap into it when you need it. Or you can just tap into it and pull some and leave some. It's your options when it comes to your equity lending is, I'd almost say it's endless because there are, even when you look at HELOCs, there's different structures of what kind of loan it is. And that's one of the really cool things about using Encompass is that you're entering in your rate and term situation. You're putting in what your rates are, when your adjustments are, and the system knows what kind of HELOC you're doing based on that information. And it's going to generate the documents you need to be compliant for those terms. The system is smart enough to know how you're flowing your loan, even sometimes when your users are not. I really like how you made that call out to Encompass and how and how easy, based on how how easy it is for your LOS to understand the loan that that is being input that's being processed. Right, it's really important to mm-hmm. have that 
have that, you know, ability to leverage the right LOS for, for your programs. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm curious though, you made, um, you made a really important comment pertaining to, um, you know, teams that are looking to manufacture and, and take advantage of, of, of home equity lending. And there's a few things that they need to unlearn. What are some of those things on the back end? Taking a look at lenders that, you know, very traditionally, perhaps, you know, George Mason Mortgage as an example, um, have traditionally done home equity lending. And there's some of the things in the back end that needed to be on, you know, unlearned, some of the things that needed to be modified. Maybe you can speak to some of those things for, for, for lenders that have traditionally done home equity lending, but they kind of went away from it for a little bit, right? The market conditions always dictate that. And now they want to go back into mm-hmm. that as an option for borrowers. Yeah, it's funny. I, I think the biggest thing, and, and I have to laugh because this is our biggest hurdle um, <laughs> for us was, you're undoing everything. You know, when, when you're putting rules into your system, typically you, you feel pretty strongly that it's needed and it's, you know, you're really doing something good and you're fixing something or you're, you know, you undo all of them for HELOC. It's kind of like if, if your rule isn't for HUMDA or it's not something for like your, you know, compliance reporting, you don't need it. Um, you know, you still have some of your triggers and some of that stuff. But um, for us, for sure, it's a totally different milestone workflow. They're not as intricate. There's not as stringent of a underwriting process. So, you know, you're not doing any automatic underwriting. You're, they're all manual. Because of the nature of the relationship when it comes to doing a HELOC, nine times out of 10, you have every document you need at, pro- at application. So the loan goes goes right through processing. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, you have everything you need application, it goes right through and boom, it's an underwriting and that quick. So there's a lot of those processing milestones or functions that you have coded to in your system that are so important for a traditional loan that you need to bypass to do a HELOC because otherwise you're slowing down the loan manufacturing process for things you don't need. So for us, it, it's really the unwinding, you know, getting it on its own milestone workflow, getting all the rules to not fire, which you, I, I think is for most system administrators, just doesn't seem to make sense. But it really is. It's, it's a, is it Humda? Okay, I'll keep it. It's a compliance. Okay. Uh, even some compliance, I, I'll modify it. I might not need it. You know, what automated services are running or what have you built that's automated that you no longer need, um, that you need to, you know, have the caveat carved out for these loans. That's, that's your biggest system workflow work on these is undoing you know, what you put so much pride into building. So if, if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is there's really no need to have a million different business rules for something as simple as a home equity lending program, right? There's no need to kind of overdo it and just elongate the process unnecessarily. You can have a, a two-week turnaround time on home equity lending versus a traditional, you know, 30 to 45 well, days for... Yeah, you should. I mean, you if you're over two weeks on a HELOC, there's something disjointed within your system or within your workflow. That's causing that or appraisers. <laughs> I guess you, you always have to give that little bit of uh, credit where it's due that sometimes the appraiser has far more control than, you know, they should. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. The lender that, that we worked with, I won't name them. I didn't even know that they were they were on Encompass. Uh, I asked them at the end of the process, I asked them, hey, by the way, this was pretty quick. What uh, what what LOS are you guys do you guys use? And they said, oh, we use Encompass. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, it's it's that easy as long as you can undo and not just in your system, but undo it in your head, too, which I think is, you know, possibly harder. Dare I say, just do the bare minimum. Then you're okay. (laughs) Right, right. Doing the bare minimum while while being completely compliant in the in the process. <laughs> Correct. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Define Dan. <laughs> right. 
What are some of the recommendations that you would have for, for lenders? They do home equity lending, right? It's, it's part of their, it's part of their DNA, but they're not doing it the way that they, that they could. They're not doing it really the way that they should. They're not leveraging uh, an LOS that processing a home equity loan should not be difficult. And through, through Encompass, a great deal of, of that work is dynamically generated, right? A great deal of the documents and disclosures, it's all dynamically generated through Encompass. What are some recommendations for um, our customers that um, are not doing uh, they're not, you know, manufacturing their home equity lending through Encompass. What are some of the recommendations that you would have for them, whether they do it through Encompass or not, to identify, you know, there's a better way to do this. There's a more efficient, there's a more compliant way to do this. I think you need to see your process from the other side, be a client, whether it be real or fake, you know, really, really dig into that. And I think you'll find that your system, like you said, Encompass is dynamically programmed out of the box. You're putting in your your information, whether it be from your investor or from your product department, you know, telling you exactly what it is. And, and you can have confidence in knowing that you're compliant document wise and stuff like that. So take that pressure off and focus on your process. What are you doing that's extra? What are you doing that is disjointed to a HELOC process? Eliminate it. It's going to feel weird. We've been conditioned where things are very, we over document, we overdo, right? Be compliant for sure, but wherever you can overlap your processes, do it. Don't, but don't overdo it. An important thing for us when we put our HELOCs onto Encompass was getting them out of the old system and getting them into the same system. The amount of work that was eliminated of, you know, now all of our HELOCs, all of our document work is already done. We already have our e-folder for everything. So we're not overdoing that work. But at the same time, we now know that all of our documents, HELOC and or otherwise, are in the same, you know, repository where everything else is. So now we have the beauty of totally different loan type, but they're all in the same place. When we were talking about putting our HELOC onto Encompass, I said, well, it's as if we would, we wouldn't put FHA loans in this system and conventional loans in this system. So why don't we just think of these all as mortgages and put them in the same system? So I think a lot of people that are doing HELOCs aren't thinking of Encompass as a HELOC provider. I, I think that a lot of them are thinking that they have to stay in those older older systems and keep them disjointed, keep them outside of your, your LOS, keep them, keep them outside of your system of record. At least for us, that's what we were doing. We had two systems of record and it's a mess. You know, I said before about your HUMDA rules are so important. Try doing HUMDA to two different systems and putting them together. And then this one has rules, this one doesn't have it. It's it makes things so much harder than they have to be. So look at your process, not only from the borrower side, from your employee's side, right? Whenever I have a big change coming up, I love to sit down with my users and have them walk me through what they, how they would do it and how they're using the system today. No matter how much you code and you build and you design, I guarantee you that not every one of your users is using it the way that you've designed. So if you Build a new process off of the process you built, it will have even less adoption than the process before that because you're building it off of a non-adopted process. It gives you an opportunity to right-size your old processes, and it also gives you the opportunity to build something that will have a higher option of adoption just simply based on the fact that it's how they, how they would be doing it anyway. So why not build it to that? It sounds like there's a great deal of value that comes out of moving home equity lending under a single system of record? Oh, the ROI. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the time that you, know, you can get back, 
this year, you know, you're only paying for one system of record. That's an incredible amount of ROI of that. But the amount of time that we saw in the east of Humda was night and day. You couldn't, could not at all, you know, knock that. Um, the, also, the documents. We had a very archaic system of pulling the documents out and then having to manually itemize them and then and then upload them. Not having to worry about pulling documents out of the old system and putting them into a new one. The amount of time you gain on that. Again, the amount of money you gain not having to do that. And that was part of our decision. Do you invest in the automation of that doc process or do we invest in the software that's going to, you know, keep us compliant throughout the changes of HELOCs as well? I think, and this is, you know, my crystal ball, that HELOCs are going to gain in such popularity um, within the market that all products that gain in popularity quickly gain in regulation. Um, so I think you're going to see some, you know, some changes that come too. And knowing that you have ICE mortgage technology behind you for those changes, at least for me, that gives me comfort in knowing that my products can evolve and can stay knowing that, you know, I've got a partner that's going to keep me compliant as well. There's something to be said about a product, right? And a solution that, that grows with your business as the, as the mm-hmm. industry changes, as the regulations change. Having having that that the LOS having that platform that that grows with you and helps mm-hmm. you and guides you through these d- different regulations and levels of compliance within you, within the industry is is just invaluable. Absolutely. Well, um, Margie, this has been an awesome conversation. I really appreciate your time. We could we could discuss this for another another hour easy, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I don't think our listeners want to hear me talk to you for an hour. They'd rather uh, <laughs> hear just you talk for Keep an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for for joining us, and uh, we look forward to having you having you back. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And that concludes another amazing episode of the Ice Mortgage Technology Open House Podcast. Be sure to be on the lookout for future content, including some of the industry's foremost experts on automation, underwriting, and home equity lending. As always, stay safe out there. Thank you. See you soon.